There is uh, a new eatery bar place that's open in Toronto, and it's not the first one around, that offers, it's an eSports facility. Esports, for those who are not familiar with the lingo, is essentially, for, for lack of a better description, online video gaming. E, electronic, like email, esports. You're not really playing real sports like basketball or baseball or something, you know, in the traditional sense where you would have athletes on a field in a way that has traditionally been known to do. It is now an online thing. You're playing with joysticks and game consoles and things like that. But here's the tricky, here's not tricky, here's the fascinating part to me, that when you go to a place like this, you are not necessarily going to actually play games, you're going to watch other people play games. That to me, I'll be honest, is a bit of a head scratcher. Well, Pavel Kab. Kabarjean, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. I'm hoping I got it. He's somewhat close. Is uh, is from Good Game Bar in Toronto. He joins me now. Pavel, thanks for doing this tonight. Hi, Scott. How are you doing? Good. Hey, help me out with that last name because I'm I'm sure I mangled it, and I apologize. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's uh, Pavel Kabarjean. Kabarjean. Thank you. Okay. Well, uh, we'll get that right the next time around. Um, this is t- walk me through this a little bit because I'm for me and for I know a number of other people. This is something that is still really in its infancy. Um, it's growing for sure. We'll talk about that in a second, but why do I want to go to a bar to watch someone else play a video game? Well, uh, the way that I explain to people is it's the exact same reason why you would go to a bar and or watch a baseball game. You wouldn't bring a baseball bat to a, a, <laughs> bar, a sports bar in order to, uh, you know, watch a baseball you game. You might get arrested. You come into an esports bar in order to, you know, play video games as opposed to watch somebody who's a professional who's very good at the sport that they do, where you could learn something from what it is that they're doing in order to do the same thing. Okay, so essentially it's being positioned as exactly the same as a sports bar, just a different name for it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm not a huge fan of the entire esports and sports uh, lingo. We had to call it something because people were most familiar with the esports, where they are coming from a, a video game and background. But in terms of the casual viewer, somebody who might not understand it as well, it's it's a bit confusing. I do see it that way. And the way that I like to explain it is competitive video games. Right, yeah, because it's, it's uh, not, you're not, nece- I mean, for people, again, who are still confused, you're not necessarily even talking about, like, electronic sports games. You're not necessarily, it's, it's other things. There's, sports really doesn't factor into this except for the competitive side. Yes, yes, I, I would say that that's, that's very true. I, I wouldn't go as far as to say that there is, Absolutely. Um, like, when I think of sports, I think of sports as something which requires physical skill, right? Something that requires uh, you to be in a physical presence with somebody else, and you're in an activity which requires competition, right? And I wouldn't say completely that it requires uh, no physical skill at that, uh, whatsoever. If we take a look at the guys who are sitting on the PC for 10, 12 hours per day, and uh, they're rotating their mice or keyboards or something to that extent, there are repetitive uh, movements which they're doing, which have to be extremely precise, much like an archer or a sniper or something to that extent. But yeah, I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't put esports and sports into the same into the same field of things. Okay, so just and again, understanding how far this is growing, and I want to get to that in a second. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second because the 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 cynic, the skeptic, would say. 
you know what? This is just the next step in couch potato-ness that I'm not even going to do an activity now. I'm going to sit on my couch with a video game and play it and then not even do that. I'm going to watch others doing that for me. So to, to the person who says that, that this is just a sign that we're heading into the apocalypse because now we're not even doing anything, you say what? Sorry, I, I, uh, you're cutting out a little bit. I, uh, it was a little bit fuzzy. It just, I say, there will be those who will look at this and say, we're not even, now we're turning an activity, we're turning a professional thing into, we're calling it a sport, we're calling it a professional activity. And they would say, you know, this seems to me to be the next step in just laziness that we don't even want to be act- active now. We want to have people performing video games, playing devil's advocate. What would you say to that person? I would say that, you know, I, I see I see where they come from. I, I see that perspective perspective of things. Um, I don't know personally. I would say that what captivated me into esports and what got me into the competitive scene back in the day, you know, back when I was still back in college, is the fact that I didn't have to wait around for teams. You know, when you're playing a game of soccer, or you're playing a game of hockey or basketball, or whatever else it is, you have to find a team of players in order to play with, and you have to find a location, and you have to find somebody who is of a competitive level as you. With video games, you're able to do that from the comfort of your couch, from the comfort of your, you know, chair at your computer, and you're able to find those competitive teams who are your level, as opposed to somebody who is much better than you or somebody who is much worse than you, efficiently. You're able to find it within 15 seconds to two minutes, and you're able to get that competitive release over and over again over a short period of time. So, I, again, I, I don't know, like uh, playing devil's advocate in that entire perspective, I wouldn't say that it's, I wouldn't say that it's encouraging people to, uh, to sit more on their couches. I would say that it's doing what man is supposed to do. Man is supposed to compete. Man is supposed to show. All right, to, all right. Show. Yeah. Is there any comparison in this? Can, can you make the comparison? Because I think even a lot of people who would right now be saying, I'm, I, I still am not sure. A lot of people have played online poker, for example. They've, they've got an app or they go online and they play poker. Is it, it, there's some similarities there, right? It's kind of the same idea. You go online, you find someone you want to play with, and away you go. Very similar, yes. Uh, actually, a lot of the pro players back in the day, back in the early 2000s, who were just starting out in the scene, they would play online poker. Uh, especially guys who played StarCraft and uh, Quake, which were the originators of esports back in the day, because they weren't able to make sufficient amount of money in order to continue in the games that they actually enjoyed, they would play online poker on the side. So, yeah, I would say that there's definitely a lot of transferable skills there. This is, and, and again, um, Pavel, and, and I mean, you're very involved in this. A lot of people are hearing this for the first time, but this is something that is. I mean, it is growing. There are American universities now giving full scholarships for esports. ESPN is broadcasting esports as part of their sports network. I think Yahoo Sports has a page now devoted to esports. When did this start to really catch some traction and go from being a niche sport that a few people knew about to something that is now getting mainstream attention? Uh I think the the biggest turning point was in 2011, where uh, StarCraft 2 came out. So StarCraft is uh, kind of like a synonymous game to, uh, they call it an unofficial sport of Korea. So uh, StarCraft used to be really big in Korea, so much so that they had three uh, channels or more, I don't remember how, much, how many exactly it is, which were dedicated to just broadcasting StarCraft games over and over again in Korea. And StarCraft II came out in about 2010, 2011, became really big. There were these uh, phenomena called BarCrafts, which started happening around Toronto. 
I used to be part of that group who would go find a bar and we would find an interconnection for them and we would we would set up a couple TVs and we'd bring a whole bunch of people of the community in there and, you know, kind of just uh, hang out and watch some video games. And and what so, and just for people who don't know, like StarCraft or these other ones, it, 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 this is a shooter game essentially, like a shooter fantasy game, or, or what kind of game is it? Uh, StarCraft is a real-time strategy game. Uh, essentially, they compare it to uh, rapid-fire chess, where you control some form of, uh, okay, you pick one of three races, uh, Terran, Zerg, Protoss, and then you are starting off from a small little army, which you're supposed to grow through economic growth. So, for instance, you mine some form of uh, money, you mine some form of gas or, like, an expensive resource, and you grow an army which has to be stronger than your opponents in order to defeat your opponents and then, you know, destroy all of his uh, structures. Who, are, who is your audience? When you open a bar and you're, you're showing this on TV, who is there? Who's the average oh. person? Sorry, sorry. Who would be the average person? Describe for me who would be your typical audience when in your bar when you're when you're when you open. Who who is sitting in the seats and and watching this? To be perfectly honest, I thought that the demographic would be much younger. So originally, when I opened this place up, we were looking at a demographic of about uh, nineteen to twenty three, twenty four. You know, somebody who's just getting out of uh, college, university, where they don't have that entire. Um, you know, a population base around them in order to hang out with. But we started noticing people between the ages of 25 to 32 actually coming down, people who grew up with these video games, you know, much like uh, comic books and uh, uh, that kind of crowd, where now they have uh, board games, board game cafes. This is now people who have grown into that age where they're, they have expendable income and they want to be able to hang out with their friends and other friends who have similar types of interests but don't have a place to go to them. So, yeah, 20, 25 to 32 has been our general demographic. We actually had a lot of dates, too, which is which I found kind of strange. A lot of people <laughs> coming out for dates at our location. They're hanging out. They're chatting a little bit. All right. You know, if that's your passion, that's cool. Yeah. Are there such a thing, and forgive a silly question, but are there such a thing as eSports stars? There is, yes. Uh, and do they? And are they known by their actual name or by some sort of computer name that they would, like a, a game name? Uh, generally, people kind of go by their game names, but uh, if they are stars enough, they are known by their uh, actual names. Uh, I think one of them is uh, Chris Loringer. He's a he's a native um, Canadian from uh, Cambridge, Ontario. He's huge StarCraft uh, superstar around here. Everybody kind of knows his name wherever you know he goes. He was actually featured in the Metro. I think it was like three, four months ago. Okay. Yeah, he traveled all around the world. I think recently he just went to Japan in order to do some casting and some, you know, like uh, promotional kind of stuff. So he shows up uh, in a lot of the, like the StarCraft uh, base scene. But there's a lot of other games, you know, like there's uh, uh, Counter-Strike, there's uh, Dota 2, League of Legends. Uh, there's a lot of fighting games as well, such as uh, Street Fighter V, uh, Mortal Kombat X, uh, Smash Bros. There's also the Station games, which is Halo, Call of Duty. So across all of those platforms, which is uh, PC, Xbox, and PlayStation, there are stars which are known. And uh, actually, a lot of them are living in Toronto for some reason. I and have if, no idea why. They've been moving here, too. <laughs> and, are they, and are they visible? Like, if one of them walked into your bar one night while this was going on, would, yeah. they, would people know who they were? Would they be recognized? Or would they have to then say, hey, I'm so-and-so, and go by their game name, and everyone would go, okay, I got it. I know who you are. It depends. It depends on the people. So, for instance, for having some form of a night which is dedicated to Dota, and uh, Dota superstar shows up, 
then, yeah, those people would know him. Like, for instance, when Chris walked into our space, our bartender freaked out, like, oh, my God, Chris, Chris Lawrence is here. And, <laughs> you know, everybody wanted to like, get a hold of him and chat with him to figure out what his state of the game was, you know, what he felt about the current meta and that kind of thing. So it's it's pretty exciting when we do have one of those superstars show up. But this is nothing in comparison to what happens in Korea and the Asiatic realms and even Europe. Europe, on a scale of, like, uh, you know, one to ten in comparison to us, they're like an eight and we're like a five. So for them, having their superstars is, you know, that much of a bigger thing as opposed to us because they just do a lot better on average on, in these uh, esports than we do. If anybody wanted to drop in and see this, whereabouts in Toronto are you? We're young in Eglinton. We're about a five-minute walk away from Eglinton Station, just south. Um, yeah, just uh, swing by, check us out. It's uh, 2097 Young Street. Pavel Kabarjan uh, is uh, with Good Game Bar. You can drop in there again, Young and Eglinton. If you happen to be in Toronto and want to check this out, Pavel, really appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Scott. Uh, Scott, it was a pleasure to be here.